Vicki Abelson and this is The Road Taken and with me tonight is my guest Michael Nori and I'm going to give him a couple minutes to calm himself because it took him two hours and 15 minutes to get here so while he's composing and having some water um, I'm going to tell you about um, the sponsors on our show and uh, Rick Smelke of Quick Impressions sent us new props Louise. I'm excited. Yay! So we have the calendar we made for Zoe Moon. Zoe, one of my best friends in the world. I love her. There's this lovely like thing he made. I don't know what you call those. A pamphlet, a book that he published. You can he can do things for pharmaceutical companies, which is very interesting. And of course, there's always my bookmark and business cards and my book. Don't jump. Oh, this is gonna be for you. This is it's gonna yes, this is gonna be for you to take because I know you're thrilled about that and my I'm tissue boxes. Tissue is my favorite. Yeah, you're, and my, the tissues are my favorite. And, and then also, um, tonight's show is brought to you by Nicole Venables of um, the Ruby Begonia Salon. And I will be visiting her very soon. I, uh, I wanted to be able to see you and I couldn't see out of my bangs. So I actually took some scissors tonight. So I have little pieces of hair all over me. I'm sorry, Nicole. I know, I'm not, from my dog. I know I'm not supposed to do that. What? what? Shoot away from my dog. So, yeah. You know. So I, you, I'm going to move this closer because it. It's not letting me zoom in, but I just feel like it needs to Louise, we're on the air. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're going to be clear yeah. later. This is um, documentary. No, yeah, but I, I don't like it when it's too close. All right. Well, we're, see, like people were being very professional. You don't like the bookshelf. Okay. So, um, all right. But that's a, a delay. I got lots no, of hearts I have, for me. I have, I have bookshelves. Oh, look at all those hearts. Those are all people loving on you. No, that was, they loved how I moved the camera. That was for me. Look at all the people loving on you. It's still frozen though, Louise. <laughs> let's see. Is, I can um, do that. Let's see if we're, oh, is it live yeah, or is it live. Memorex? Yeah, it's live. Okay. Um, all right. We're, we are live, but it's, it's kind of, I, I see the bookcase though. Closer still? No, you, um, you don't make me get, yes, it does, Louise, with your fingers. It doesn't, I've tried. Oh, because you were because we already started the video. Yeah. So you no 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 leave the tripod. Hang on, this is a very professional operation, and uh, this is what we do. So we do that. Come back out. It's on. Right. Hi, Charlie. Oh. Louise. How did you do that? Okay, with my fingers. Well, I okay, Louise, documentarian. Louise Palenker, family band. I did story. Make my Doesn't know how to take. Didn't make my documentary with a phone. Though. All right, let's let's talk to Michael now. Um, say, Louise, I feel bad because you're behind the camera because Harry's at work oh, tonight, so he couldn't give you a chance to sit here with us. But I want to say hi to Louise Palanker. Come around, and say hi to us. That that'll take care of everything. Say hi to hi, Louise. everybody in Facebook land. Hi, Louise, Louise. Palanker. Here's hi, Louise, and she's like being great and being behind. But please chime in at any time because we can hear you. I'll chime even, in all the time, even though we can't see your your wonderfulness. Um, okay, so can you show everybody Charlie? Of course, Yes. So Michael brought Charlie with him. So I bet that made the ride. Not so bad. Ooh. Oh yeah, Charlie. Oh, Charlie's. Oh, Charlie's playing, but they can't. I don't think they can see him now. You have to pick him up. Oh, he's not gonna let you. Okay, yeah. So, um, so Michael brought Charlie with him, and thank goodness, so he had him on the ride. Otherwise, I think it would. So while Michael's trying to get Charlie, oh, I guess we're not having Charlie right now. Charlie's playing. Charlie was the most. Do That's the first word Charlie said since he's been here. Yeah. Yeah. He's because he knows so we wealthy wanted to do tricks. God bless you. Bless you. Okay. So, all right. So before we talk about Charlie, we'll talk a little bit about Michael. So 
this afternoon I put up a picture of Charlie's much more interesting. Uh, I'm not telling you. All right. Well, so far I have to say I have nothing but mad love for Charlie. So um, it's a big club. It's Charlie yeah. has a huge. Fan <laughs> so so tell everybody how you got Charlie because we have some uh, Elaine Boozler who has um, uh, um, Tales for Joy. Uh, she has a rescue. Um, a mission, but not a mission building, but that's her company of, what do you call it? It's her, her cause. It's her, it's her cause, Tales mm -hmm. for Joy. And um, and Wendy Liebman, lots of people who are into rescue are, are friends. Great. So so tell them how it's you got Charlie. Uh, three years ago, um, I, was, I had waited for about a year and a half uh, after my last dog died. Yeah, I'm and, oh, thank you, Mom. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and, and I went down to, I was shooting a movie downtown and uh, like Boyle Heights. Yeah. And they have a huge rescue facility down oh. there. They have dogs, cats, snakes, birds, everything. And I was walking through all of the, the, the cages mm -hmm. and you know, you just wish that you had a farm so that you could take them off. Take 50 of them. Yeah. And I was getting ready to leave and I passed by a, a cage and I, I saw two golden uh, black lab sleeping. <laughs> As I was walking by the cage, this little white snout popped up between <laughs> these two black labs like a white periscope. He just looked at me and it was this six week old, that was, that was Charlie, and he just looked at me and we, we just, mm. I said, that's it, you're the one. and. Uh, then I uh, applied um, and said I wanted to get them, and, um, and uh, then they had... Uh, you can't just get rescues. You can't just no, walk which, in and which, rescue which, a rescue. Which is great, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have to be worthy. You have worthy. to apply, yeah. and um, they have to check you out. <laughs> and what is that? What do you think that is? What does checking you out mean? Well, I think it's being responsible. And how do they do that? Your credit? They get your... Well, yeah, they want to know that you are financially, that you can take care of it. They mm -hmm. interview you. Uh, it's it's a very responsible procedure, mm -hmm. and uh, then they have an auction on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, because they have so many animals, and this was a kill shelter, so if they cannot find a oh. home, there's a there, there's a time limit on how long they will keep them, and you know God bless the people who go to kill shelters and take them and mm -hmm. find non kill shelters. Um, so they have an auction on Saturdays. And uh, there was a family who had uh, expressed an interest in, in Charlie, and um, so uh, we had a we had a bidding war. <laughs> I won. And how much did it, did old Charlie cost you, Michael? Uh, it's, Charlie doesn't like me to tell. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thinks I got up cheap. He thinks I should have paid more, <laughs> and I do every every day. Yeah, I love He's it. He's more expensive than my car. I, I love it. Wait, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see. I want to make sure that Michael's family found us because oh, that's, I'm that's, trying to see if, if you're, you because I'm going to go on and see if your relatives are on here. Okay. So it, it's going to tell us who's on, right? It's going to tell us. So, well, it's not telling us right now. I don't know. Do you know? You, yeah, you can have a look. While Lydia I'm, Cornell is watching. Oh. Hi Lydia! Hi Lydia! I was just Lydia. I tried to move the light down like you instructed me, and I did it. And then what, it was bouncing in the thing. It's bouncing in the thing now, we need isn't to move it? The yeah. We, it's... Hey, Michael Lanning. Hi, Michael. Say yeah. Say hey, hi Michael. to anybody Mikey. that you want to say hi to. That's cool. Yeah. I'm say hi so, to to uh, yeah, everybody over at uh, 
in, Hi, the, in, in the Palisades. And, yeah, um, all my family and friends. Yeah, so they can see, they, they are able to find, it seems like it's a mystery, but somehow. Um, Gregory Harrison. Gregory! Is Gregory with us? Hey, are, Gregory. Are you okay in Vancouver? I hope the flight was okay. We kept Gregory here until, he had to be on set at 6 a.m. in Vancouver today, and we had him here until 3 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, and he had a race to... Is he up there Alliance. for a job? Yes, he's, he's no doing... No sympathy. Sign, seal, delivered. No sympathy. <laughs> no sympathy, Gregory, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Greg, you're working. Yeah. So, and meanwhile, so are you, Mr. Smarty Pants. I was all excited because... I, I, I am watching um, Versace in real time. I don't watch anything in real time because I don't like commercials and I like to be able to binge the whole thing. Yeah. But I knew you were going to be here with us and I wanted to be up to speed. And I thought you were going to be on last week. So I, I watched the first two episodes and I was like, where's Michael? And then I got all excited because I th thought Michael was going to be on as soon as we got off the air tonight. But it's, it's next week, huh? I'm still going to watch tonight so. in real time. Maybe I'm not on it. You are. I saw the picture of you and uh, Darren Darren Chris is playing one evil little boy. I, I had such a, a love for him from oh, Glee, and yeah. now I am not liking him so much. He's well, just uh, scary. He's a, he's a brilliant, that's a brilliant performance that he turns in. Um, and, and tonight is Judith Light. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and Mike Farrell. Uh, uh, Mike was here in the living room. He did Women Who Write. Yeah, I love Mike. Um, what do you, I don't know. I try to, there's no IMDb page for this movie yet for this TV movie yes there is it doesn't have the cast yes it does okay I searched like four times no. all right so because I didn't know who your character is is it a secret no it's not a secret okay so who are you playing on this um, I am playing the only boyfriend of Andrew Cunanan who is the murderer okay the only boyfriend of his who doesn't who, die who who doesn't die who wasn't murdered is that true yeah yeah you must have been pretty good <laughs> Well, I just shut him out, locked the door, wouldn't let him in. Wow. Okay, well, I'm looking... Okay, so do you have love scenes with Darren Chris? Yes, all my scenes are with him. I am loving this so much. I can't wait. And Oh, okay, so this is exciting. And so then you also... So you're into this whole designer thing because in Manhunter... You played um, uh, um, uh, oh, Guccione, I played, right? I played Bob Guccione, yes. Uh, so, so I, I put on my designer, my, it's not designer, I got it at TJ Maxx or something, but I, I, I tried to put on as close to Versace and Gianni. You look very nice. <laughs> very nice. With feathers. I always have feathers. It's, I don't, it, it's, it's the constant annoyance to my mother. It's like, it, I'm not wearing all my bling because it makes too much noise, but usually she'll look at me and she'll say, do you have to wear every piece of jewelry you've you ever it? owned? Yes, Mom. Yes, yes, I do. I do. <laughs> um, hi, Mom. It's Michael Nori. Hi, Mom. So, so the th okay, so my first memory of you is Somerset. I was a mm. Somerset addict. Wow. Yeah. I was a kid. You were a kid. Wow. Yeah, Somerset. I that was my first soap opera. I was terrified on that show. Really? Yeah, I had never been on television. Okay, so tell us, before you get to Somerset, tell us how this happened for you. So where'd you grow up? New Jersey. What part of New Jersey? Bergen County, Alpine. So were you, I, okay, I'm trying to think of where that is. So were you city kid, uh, suburb kid? Well, New Jersey at that time, where I was in the town of Alpine, was, mm -hmm. was rural. Actually, Eddie Murphy lives in Alpine, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. yeah. And um, I know exactly where that is. It's all. It, it used to be farmland when I was living there. Wow. 
and now it's uh, now it's McMansions. Um, so I grew up in New Jersey, born in D.C., grew up in New Jersey and in Manhattan and in Connecticut. I went to school in Connecticut. Did you go to school in Manhattan? No. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. um, so you went to school in Connecticut. So like preppy, yuppie, that kind of school? Yeah, I'm a preppy. You're a preppy. Yeah. You got the blazer on. Yeah. Yep, that's happening. So, okay, so Thanks, so when you were in school, what was the first thing you... Duh, stop calling me mom. Oh, stop taking I know, I know. Okay, sorry. I don't, I don't know. This is why I can't get a date. I don't know. I don't know how to be a woman. I just know how to be a mom. No. I've been a mom for so long. Did your Nana ever used to take a, my Nana Irish, oh, my Irish Nana used to take her Actually. Irish linen panky and <laughs> Oh, there was no hanky. It was just spit on the finger and the thing. There was no hankies. The Jews don't have the hankies. He's preppy. Yeah, the Jews don't have the hankies. It's just the, the flesh. Okay, so so you went to yuppie preppy stuff, and and what what's your first memory of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you know always you wanted to be an actor, or was it something you wanted first? No, I think I knew I wanted to be an actor when I did a production in, in boarding school of Gilbert and Sullivan's Trial by Jury, and I had to sing and act, and I, I that was the most exciting thing I had ever experienced in school. Um, How I, old were you? Thirteen. Nice. Thirteen. Um, and then my, f I, we don't want to talk about my, my school. But so when you're in high school, you, are you doing school plays and you're doing all of that? Yeah, I did, I did school plays um, in boarding school and then in college. Where'd you go to college? In Rollins in Florida and then Emerson in Boston. Oh. And, uh. I went to Rollins. No, get out of here. You did not. For two years. Well, me too for two years. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that is cr nobody so in the world. Nobody went to the preppiest. Yeah, Spanish yeah. moss. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Lake Maitland. Oh wait, I, all right. What are they saying? Right. All right, Susie, John, hi, Bruce. What year were you? Sixty-seven. I was there in sixty-seven. It was the height of the Vietnam War. Uh, wow. Sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Were you deferred? And then they invited me deferred. From what? From the draft? No, I enlisted in the army. Okay, where'd you go? Boston. Nice. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna go to Vietnam, was, Boston's a good in, place to go. I was go. in the army reserves uh -huh. in, in Boston. Is that because you enlisted? Is that why you went to Boston? Yes. Well, I was in Boston because I was going to Emerson. I was invited by Rollins to not return after two years. <laughs> and, and why was was that was that socially? Because or educationally? Yeah, academically. Academically. Yeah, socially, yeah. I was very qualified. I was very qualified. <laughs> it was a co-ed school, and I was highly, highly qualified <laughs> in social studies. <laughs> so much so. Yes. Uh, I had a motorcycle, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and <laughs> and I rode and uh, crew. You know, did that. I loved that. Mm -hmm. And. Um, and, and yeah, I had such a good time there that they invited me to not come back. Now, this, this is the, 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 the height of... <laughs> I can't believe you both went to the same... That's like... It's, what? It's that's small. That is... What? Yeah, yes. that's crazy. Beautiful campus and a great theater department. Great, really great, great theater. theater department. Okay, that's really hard to believe, but okay. Annie, Annie Russell Theater. Yes! Remember? Oh Annie my Russell gosh, theater. Michael, wow. Yeah. Um, so then I went to Boston mm -hmm. and... Uh, Emerson's a fabulous school. A, if you didn't get invited back, to Rollins, how did you get into Emerson? Uh, desperation. It was the height of the Vietnam War, and mm -hmm. I knew 
that if I did not get um, an academic de deferral, mm -hmm. that I, I was going to go, I would be drafted. Yeah. So I got into, I, luckily I got into Emerson and... Um, Emerson's I, a really tough school though. Well, obviously it wasn't that tough then, or I wouldn't have gotten in. <laughs> um, so I spent a year at Emerson and they very kindly invited me to not return. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a very, He's a bad boy. I have a consistent, no, I'm very good oh. at not being invited <laughs> into the world of academia. Uh, and uh, Looking if your family's on here with us. And um, so I was there for a year and... Um, uh, Lydia Cornell says you look great. Uh, not that that matters. Not that looks matter. That? Who Lydia is that? Lydia Cornell. Do you know Lydia? I don't. Yeah, you will. I'll, too close to comfort. With Hi, Lydia. Lydia. So, um, Hi, Lydia. Anyway, she's a beautiful actress, and last week we were here talking about aging and what happens with women, and as opposed to men can grow their gray, and it's all wonderful, and for us not so much, and how concerned we are with our looks, and you guys, you, Gregory Harrison, all these guys, you just keep getting better and better and better, and... There's a saying, uh, which is not really fair, but the saying is that as, as men get older, they look like Sean Connery, and as women get older, they look, they like, look Sean. like Sean Connery. <laughs> That's so not fair. It's all right. Wait, we're going to talk about this in a minute. But oh, go back to your. Okay, so so all right. Well, no, let's stay here for a minute because I want to talk about it. Because yesterday we were talking about the fact that Jane Fonda here is somebody who is so vital and so um, uh, socially conscious, and and uh, her humanity is enormous and. She's under this pressure to to look perfect, which she does. She's gorgeous. I mean, she's absolutely stunning. She takes good care of herself. She takes incredible care of herself. I don't know too many men. Oh, now we're sitting up tall. Oh, now I got to sit up tall. Well, I just started gonna... doing Pilates. Oh, I love so Pilates. I'm very aware now of my posture. And I had an accident um, in November. I was thrown from a horse, Oof. Oof. and I broke some stuff in my back and some ribs. So I spent Thanksgiving uh, recuperating, and I had surgery three weeks ago on oh. my back. And the, the surgeon said, um, they took me from the, where the horse threw me to, uh -huh. to the trauma center. And uh, the doctor, <laughs> doctor came in and he poked my foot with, I don't know, a needle. He said, do you feel that? I said, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> and then he said, how's the horse? He said, that's my way of telling you you're, you're, you're okay. And he said, do you intend to ride again? Ride again? And I, I said, he said, let me, let me suggest that if you do ride again, be sure it's a horse that's the same age as you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but everything is good now. And, and then I they, can't believe you, because I had a car, car accident, hit by two cars, and I, I just had an epidural on my back. Listen to us. I had an epidural on my back on Friday. I know. You know, and, we used to talk about all this. And I'm doing physical therapy twice a week and all of this stuff. And um, I'm about to start on the Pilates Thing, I, I think, and so I am, but you know, my back always kind of hurt. You know, it's it's kind of always there. I have a guy for you. You have a guy. I have a really, <laughs> really guy. great guy. Yeah, he's about all about pain management. And, uh, so anyway, he recommended yeah. that I do Pilates uh, to get strength back in my. In Pilates my is the best. I did Pilates right after I had my daughter, and I was the tallest. Seriously, I gained height. I was lean. I mean, everything, and, and the endorphin rush after doing Pilates, if you really do, I don't know if you're doing it for your, with, with a back problem, mm -hmm. if you're doing a really strenuous Pilates workout, 
But when I was doing it for exercise, I would walk out of there higher than I, and I'm an addict in, in recovery, but I had never been that high as I was after doing a Pilates workout. Wow, I mean, it's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It feels really good. And I was, my posture was better, and I was taller and leaner. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing. Okay, so, all right, so now we're sitting up straight. Mm -hmm. Rochelle Bagley, do you know Rochelle and Ed Bagley? I do. Um, so Rochelle's a, a great Pilates instructor, yes, by the way. <laughs> so I just feel I feel old all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, so so you're in Emerson and you are you you avoid the draft yeah. and are you doing plays in Emerson? No, no, listen. There's some incredible people actors that came out of Emerson. Um, Tony Perkins. There's a good one. Um, Henry Winkler. Yay. Louise knows Henry really well. Henry. Too. Um, Hi, Anson, if you're out there. Yeah. So, um, so, good so okay, so so you doing plays? Jay Leno. Oh, not, that's right. Norman Lear. Norman, Norman. Lear. That's right. Yeah. Um, Peter Tolan was here yesterday. He's writing. He's there. He is producing partners with Norman Lear on a new sitcom. Um, yes. Uh, um, who died? Guess who's dead? Guess who died? Oh. Guess who died? And mm -hmm. it's about people fifty-five and over. And it took Norman, it was Norman's passion project, it took him 10 years to get this made, to get a green Norman could not get a green light. Is this one with Cheetah? No, this is the one with Holland Taylor and Hector Elizondo. They just were cast. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. They just announced two more Cheetah. They haven't been to pilot yet. Huh? One Day at a Time, season two? That's, that, no, that's, um, that's, that's, that's not Cheetah. Rita, Rita. That's Rita Moreno. Rita They're Rita. not all the same. That's Rita Moreno. They just rhyme. <laughs> Rita and she. They both played, they, not Maria, they both played in West Side Story. Um, oh. Not Maria. Okay. Um, the Dan, the Bernardo's sister. Right, Maria Shriver. <laughs> okay, so you're doing plays in school, you're doing plays at Emerson. How does your career, what happens to you? You are in the reserves, you're in college, what happens? No, really, we want to know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you before we go further because I haven't really talked to you about it. The road taken, the purpose of this show, okay, is to show people, my heroes, how they manage to merge creativity and commerce, how they manage to do what they love, what they have passion for, the arts, and make a living at it. Because it's something that still evades people like me. I get to do what I love, don't really make a living at. Still striving. So, whatever tools you have, whatever secrets you have, whatever. Methods work for you. We we want to figure out what they are. So we'll I'll kind of pull them out of you Great. as we go. Great. Okay. So um, whatever you have to share, we want to hear. Mm. So so when you're so you're you're in college, you want to be an actor. What do you do? All right. So my story goes like this. Um, I am uninvited by Emerson <laughs> to return. I left in the, uh, the week of my final exams in my junior year. And that's when I enlisted in the Army. Um, I spent six months in the reserves in Boston. So I was in full uniform for- They couldn't get you combat boots because of your size? Because I wore size 16 shoes. Okay. okay. You know what they say about a man, never mind. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's better than bone spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So they couldn't get you combat boots. So I had an honorable discharge, and then I. Did they? You got an honorable discharge because they couldn't get you combat boots. Yeah, it was a medical medical discharge. 
All you guys out there with big feet, well, this is going to serve. Probably not the same. No. Probably is not. Um, fortunately, uh, we are not at war as yes. we were uh, at that well, time in Vietnam, mm -hmm. uh, because that was that was pretty serious, and I was in no hurry to go to Vietnam. Were you politically aware, active, thoughtful? Uh, did you have a position? I, yes, I certainly had a position that mm -hmm. I don't believe in war. I've mm -hmm. never believed in war. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I was opposed to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, um, so I, I took my duffel bag with my uniform that they gave me. The mm -hmm. Army very kindly gave me all of this gear to take home, this kit, and uh, went to New York. And, with your uh, Army kit? Yeah. And uh, moved into my parents' apartment in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And my father invited. My father was a businessman. He was a life life insurance, and he wanted to groom me to take over his business, mm -hmm. his agency. And uh, so I tried that for a couple of months, and it was how did that go? It was so anathema to me that uh, what I do, I would show up late, and I would leave early, <laughs> and I would take. The longest lunches, <laughs> and I think I was I was with him for about two months. Okay, was that work ethic, or was that because you really didn't want to do it? I couldn't stand being in an office. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm allergic to fluorescent lights. I'm allergic to I'm claustrophobic, somewhat claustrophobic. I can't stand being in an office, mm -hmm. and uh, I kind of silently vowed that I would never darken the door of an office again. And I don't remember what happened. It was probably simultaneous that my father, I don't know if he fired me or I quit. It might have been at the <laughs> same moment. I walked into his office and I said, Dad, and he said, you're telling me. <laughs> so I, um, I felt great relief and now I had to find a job. And I was tw 20, I was 20. Mm -hmm. And um, I started looking for a, a job and I found a, a job in a, in a bar, which was a very popular bar on Third Avenue. What for? Uh, um, it'll come to me. I worked at Maxwell's Plum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, mm. wow. Yeah. Long Churchill's. Time. It was called Churchill's. Okay. It was on 73rd and 74th on 3rd Avenue. Uh-huh. Um, burgers and beer. Uh-huh. Uh, my father would come in and he would leave me a $50 bill tip. Oh. Once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that did a lot of good. And then I, I, I'm looking to see if your family's on here yet. Oh, okay, I'm not seeing any Nouris, but no, I, I don't know. No, you won't. They're up there. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, and then I, I started auditioning for stuff. I thought, God, why not? I had so did much. You, did, you did you have acting training? None. None? Only, only, Zero. Only the plays that I had done in school. Okay, what was like your, your shining moment as, a, as an amateur actor? I think... Um, playing the Fantastics mm. at Rollins mm. and um, doing a couple of Pinter plays, but I felt so at home on stage. I just felt I felt at home. Um, academia. It was very clear to me that academia was was not my wasn't my gig. So did you study acting in college? No. So no training. No. No. I would just get on stage, learn the lines, and play the parts. And did you have? A method to your madness, or you just—it was instinctual. No, it was just no completely method. instinctual. No. How did your parents feel about your choices? Well, they didn't—they didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think they—they they considered it a phase that I would get over. Yeah. Uh, um, They're still hoping. 
they're up there, and I think that they are, you know, they've accepted they yeah. yeah. Did they get to see you be successful? Oh, nice. Very okay. much so. Okay. So I, I started uh, auditioning for stuff in New York City, and there was So, a, no training. Do you have a headshot? Yeah, well, I, I found a photographer. Okay. Did that, and, and I, I, I fabricated a resume. I, <laughs> I, I said that, oh, it's ridiculous, it's absurd what I claim to have done. What? I, and I'm not going to tell you. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> Come um, on! No, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, Off-Broadway? That's always a good one. Off-Off-Broadway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, out of country. <laughs> um, I, um, I, 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 I heard about a, um, something that was being done out here. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a director named Larry Pierce. There is a director named Mm-hmm. He's still with us. Who was up oh, here? Back up a little bit. Can you guys hear him out there? Because I'm wondering if I came, on. okay, I'll speak. Speak up, because I'm, I'm just concerned. I'll project. Can you, can you to, there, All there. right, I use my theater. Ooh, that was your El Gallo voice. That's El Gallo. traditional comedy, too. Nice. So I heard about a, a movie that was being done. Yeah. Out here, and I flew out here to California. Wait, um, you're going from, you haven't done any professional acting at all, and you're flying out here to be in a movie, to, to well, audition to, for a movie? To, to, to meet, yeah, to okay. meet. And I had asked her around about agents and who were who were the top agents, and I, somebody said Freddie Fields at um, CMA, Creative mm -hmm. Management Associates. And uh, um, so I, called his office and I lied about having an appointment <laughs> and I got So this is how you do it, kids. That's how I did it. Yeah. I wouldn't whatever it takes to get what it to, Yeah. Um, it's, there's a wonderful thing, there's a wonderful wonderful um, kind of asset, uh, ignorance of obstacles is a great asset. Ooh. Right. I like that. That's good. That's really good. That's I've never heard that before. Ignorance of obstacles. Write that down. There's I like an that asset. one. Is an asset. Yeah, it, it's true. Obstacles is an asset. I'm so I lied about it. having an appointment with Mr. Fields, and yeah. he very kindly got me into his office, and he, he said, uh, we both know that you don't have an appointment here. He said, what are you doing here? And I said something like, I, I want to be a movie star. <laughs> I love that you didn't even say I want to be an actor. I'm not an actor, I'm a movie star. I love it. I think he laughed, and, and he, said, I, I'm going to send you, I want you to go see this agent here, who happened to be Alan Ladd Jr. I mean, just the fact that he didn't throw it, but first of all, you're a tall, dark, handsome guy, so he's taking you a little bit seriously, yeah. even though you've got nothing to show I him. think he was just impressed with my balls. balls. <laughs> so, um, I was taken over to Paramount studios mm -hmm. that afternoon. It was the first time that I'd ever been driven on the freeway. I thought, oh my God, this is terrifying. This is traumatic. <laughs> Got to Paramount Studios. I, I went into a meeting with, with, uh, um, uh, with the director I just mentioned. Uh, oh, Alan Ladd. No, no, that was the agent, Alan Ladd Jr. I, I, you mentioned a director? I, I don't did. know. I don't I remember did. a director. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I went in and I, he put me on tape. Okay. And, uh, a director or an agent? The director. 
Did you mention his name? I don't know who it was. I okay. did mention his name. Tell us who it is, because I don't remember who it is. Look, remember. you're getting hearts and, and likes. Everybody's heartsing and liking you. Well, this is because... Uh, I can't remember his name because I lost my memory when I fell off the horse. <laughs> is that what we're blaming? I'm going to say I fell off a horse, too. Larry Pierce. Larry Pierce. Larry I, Pierce. I, I Hi, Larry. Okay. So. Yes. Now, I had that meeting. He put me on tape, and uh, uh, I flew home. I didn't have any money, so I flew back home to New York. And I got a Western Union telegram saying, oh, stop. you are hired for the role of Don Farber, Ali McGraw's boyfriend, in, you know the name of the movie? Love Story? No. no. This is before Love Story. By Columbus. Ali McGraw's okay, first Richard, movie. Okay, Richard Benjamin. Richard. I, 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 Richard was in the living I adore Richard Benjamin. Oh my God, Good by Columbus. A fantastic movie. That's right. So... Um, you will be working for two weeks in New York City. You'll oh, be wow. sharing a dressing room with Jack Klugman. Uh, <laughs> all the details. You'll be paid seven hundred and fifty dollars a week. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. In nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's good money. Coming from working in a. That's enough to impress your father, I bet. Yeah. Not quite. Not really. So. <laughs> I did that. I mm -hmm. showed up. I, I, I did that. I did that gig. And uh, Ali McGraw was so gorgeous. She was gorgeous. And I had a scene. I had, I think, one scene. And uh, it's where I go up to her and I ask her to dance. And, and now, mind you, I had never been in front of a camera. Ever. This is, this before, is, this is this, before Somerset. This, this is before. like the most ridiculous story. I, th so, in other words, <laughs> if you want to have success like Michael, you just need a big set of balls. Okay, so you've never been in front of a camera. Um, never been in front of a camera, and now the, this big television camera is on me, and the director's up there and lights, and it's my moment. And all I have to say is, may I have this dance? And uh, my throat was so constricted with nerves that what came out was, may I have this dance? <laughs> Do that Larry, again. Larry Pierce said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, do it again. Now, I'm even more terrified. <laughs> So that was that. That was my first. That was that was my inauguration uh, into into the, the world of, of film. Mm -hmm. uh, many years later, I auditioned for went to see Larry Pierce for another another film. First thing he said when I walked into his office was, "Have you learned how to act?" <laughs> he was going to ask you to dance. <laughs> <laughs> but we've since become friends and we've worked together. And, uh, oh, that's wonderful. So the movie turned out to be one of the top grossing movies. Made Richard uh, Benjamin a star. Of that time. Mm -hmm. And Richard Dreyfuss was in it. He, oh, he had God. a small part in it. This uh, is, was, was um, Goodbye Columbus before Portnoy's Complaint? I always get them confused. Oh, yes. So that was the first. Yeah, okay. That so that made Richard Benjamin a star. Yeah. 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 And Allie. And then I went back to waiting tables mm -hmm. uh, at Churchill's and went out and auditioned for stuff and I heard about a play that was being done on Broadway. Um, I got my first agent. Do not waiting. tell me you got a Broadway play without ever taking a class. I did. I did. This is the... My daughter's at Tisch right now at NYU learning to be... Don't do what he did. 
get, get out of tissue <laughs> I save your take mom, his advice. Yeah, save, save your mom some money. Oh, money. Yeah. But keep going. Yes. Um, Sorry, I keep interrupting you. That's just what I do. It's like being at home. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a wife? Do you have a wife? At the moment, no. Okay. No. So who's doing that to you at home, Charlie? Uh, that's. Oh yeah. We'll get around that. Okay. Um, so I hear about this play, and mm -hmm. I go and audition for it. And I'm auditioning for a man named Abe Burroughs and a producer named David Merrick. Oh my God. And an actress named Julie Harris oh. and Nancy Marshall. Oh my gosh. So I'm auditioning oh, for the part of a 22 year old boy who mm -hmm. has an affair with this 40 year old woman. Sweet bird of you. Yeah. Okay, play called 40 Carats. 40 Carats, which made Goldie Hawn a star. The, the movie film. did. It, the yeah. Film, yeah. With Eddie Arnold. Dear man, mm -hmm. and so I, I got the under. I understudied the lead, and I had a small part where I came on in the second act. You understudied the lead yes. of a Broadway show, yes. and you never had an acting class. Correct. Now, uh, after s several months of doing it, um, I took over the lead, and I got to play, and I really received, uh, had my first acting lesson on stage with Julie Harris. She wow. Was, she was my first acting teacher. Wow. And what she taught me was, uh, she said, it was opening opening, opening night, mm -hmm. and in the audience was Katherine Hepburn, Paul Newman. <laughs> I'm sorry, this, this story is just getting great. He's making all this up, Louise. Oh my God. This is true, and they were all... In, uh, in 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 black tie, and wow. and so I had the opening the opening line, and I went over to Julie who was stage right, and I, I said I, I can't remember my first line. <laughs> it was something in Greek I had to say, and she said just breathe, take a deep breath, it's okay. I just finished throwing up in my dressing room. Oh. I said really, and she said yeah. She said it's okay. So the acting lesson that I learned from her, she said, just, she said, just stay with me. Bless you. Stay with me. Just stay with me. Okay. She said, I've got you. Nice. And she did. And she quite literally carried me through that. Well, I realized that I really had to learn some ah! technique. <laughs> so now I start inquiring about who's the best acting teacher. And I hear the name of Lee Strasberg. So I go and I uh, get into, uh, I auditioned for the actor's studio, and I did not get into the actor's studio. But he had a professional class, and I got into his professional class at Carnegie Hall, and I did that. And in that class was Al Pacino, who happened to be there on that day. So This, this story is just so ridiculous that I can't... Really? I can't this yeah, this is an unbelievable story. This is craziness. Yeah. Al Pacino just happens to be in your and class. And I, I was watching him. Do he was doing? He was on the phone doing a mm -hmm. phone conversation. I thought, how does he do that? It's you could almost hear the other person on the on the phone. Mm -hmm. He was so convincing. Uh, so that was that was that, and I continued. I did a year and a half of Forty Carats on Broadway. Uh, Jimmy Burroughs was the stage manager. Oh my God! God. Is uh, are your parents proud of you now? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. they were. 
but now I'm still in my early 20s. And um, then I started to, there was some momentum and there were some calls for soap operas and TV series and other plays and so on. You have an agent? I have an agent. Mm -hmm. And it was around that time that I think I got the call to, well, there was Somerset. Mm -hmm. Did that. Somerset and, was a hot soap opera back in that, it was, it was, it was a hot soap opera. Um, a great training training ground, you know, um, and one that can be very seductive. I mean, the, mm. the, 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 the the steady income can be very seductive. But um, how was that life? Um, because you have to. It, it's, it's every day. It's, yeah, and uh, at that time they had teleprompters. Ah. So a lot of people mm. relied on teleprompters. Mm. I couldn't do that because it's, it was too much of a distraction. Mm. Um, but I knew that I did not want to make a living playing the same character mm. for years on end. Uh, so I got a call to play Dracula around that time to do a TV series. Michelle Hines, this is for you. One of the women who write is crazy for you as Dracula. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> She's, she, you're, you're playing the living room at the end of the month, by the way. You don't remember. but And she, she already told her husband he cannot have his surgery that day. He was supposed to have surgery. She told him today he cannot have his surgery because she has to be here to see you. Okay. So, okay. What surgery is it? I don't know, but it's something serious. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing I'm at I'm going to be responsible you. for the demise of her husband. <laughs> So, so you did, got Dracula. We did Dracula, and then uh, I was under contract. I signed a contract. It was a five-year contract with Universal Studios. Did that change your life? When did your life start to change? Um, I never really thought of it as I don't look at it. Flashdance had to change your life. Well, had to change your your day to day because now all of a sudden everybody on the street knows who you are. Yes, there's the recognition. Yeah, uh, there's the recognition uh, factor. Uh, yeah, when you're when you're in a huge hit film that is kind of globally seen, mm -hmm. it, it it shrinks the world, and the studio flies you around the world to do on these junkets to uh, to promote the movie. What was what was between Dracula? I jumped. What was between Dracula and Flashdance? Was there working actors? There was a lot of stuff going um, on in between. There was the I, uh, the contract that I had with Universal, and mm -hmm. Universal was doing a wonderful, wonderful TV series called The Gangster Chronicles. Oh, I love that show. And I auditioned for the role of Lucky Luciano, mm -hmm. and I got it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's was one of my favorite, one of my favorite roles to play. And we had an amazing cast that mm -hmm. included. Um, uh, Brian Ben Ben and and his his wife who he met at the time and, and uh, Joe Penny and uh, that was a fantastic show. Yeah, that was before it was, its time, actually. It, I think it was it was great. We mm -hmm. did thirteen episodes and we were on opposite. Um, I think it was Hill Street Blues and NBC. And had, there weren't VCRs then, so mm -hmm. people had to pick. Yeah. yeah. And I don't. I, anyway, that was a wonderful experience, mm -hmm. and um, I don't remember what came immediately after that. But uh, it was in '82. It was about 80, 1982. I, I auditioned for Adrian Lyon uh, for Flashdance. What was that audition like? Oh, yeah, but I was going back and forth to New York to do plays. Also. Oh, really? Yeah, I was still living in New York. Are you Here doing? Are you doing Broadway? What kind of plays are you doing? Yeah, I was doing. I was yeah, doing some Broadway stuff. But I was leads in movies, broad 
starring on Broadway. Well, you just you just you have to work. You know, you got you got to work. So I'm, I, oh, I was doing an off Broadway thing on Forty Second Street. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was a play with John Glover about John Wilkes Booth, and I was playing his brother. Now I get a phone call from my agent saying Sam Peckinpah wants to meet you. Oh my for God! A movie, but you've got to fly yourself out to California to meet him. If you're interested, I read it and I thought, great. It was called The Osterman Weekend. Mm -hmm. He was one of my heroes. I loved Peckinpah. And uh, so. Straw Dogs, yes. Straw Dogs. My favorite movie. Oh. The Wild Bunch. Yes. Uh, and so I went out to see him. Mm -hmm. I, I go in his office and he's smoking camels or luckies, whatever he was, wearing a bandana and he had that smoky voice. Mm -hmm. He said, You don't have to read for me. He said, uh, just wanted to see you face to face and see. He said, um, what do you think of the script? I said, I'd love it. I'd love to work with you. And he said, well, we start next week. And it was like, wow. Wow. I was so excited. Now, my agent at the time uh, was very excited. And they sent me, they said, we, before we come into this, we have another project that we want you to read. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you think. Read it tonight before we start negotiating with Peckinpah. Peckinpah was going to be at, at Fox. Mm -hmm. So I read this script. It's going to be done at Paramount. Um, I called my agent. I said, I really like this. I like this better than I like the Osterman Weekend. He said, well, okay. Uh, you want to audition for it? I said, yeah, absolutely. So I went, went over there. And in the waiting room, Mickey Rourke, Kevin Costner, they were leaving as I was coming in. And I went in and I sat down with this director named Adrian Lyne. And uh, this was on a Friday afternoon. You beat Mickey Rourke and wait, who else was it? Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner. I didn't beat them. Okay. Um, they just deemed that I was more right for the role. For whatever That's reasons. a really nice way of putting it. It's like singing the Oscar goes to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. Wow. Yeah, so. Um, was Mickey Rook already hot? Was that already diner? Had, had diner yeah. already happened? So he was already hot stuff. I, I'm not sure the diner had happened mm. in 82. I think it's, it about, it's right about that time, yeah. Yeah, Mickey was hot. Mm -hmm. Great actor. Mm -hmm. Great actor. Um, so. Um, they had to, now I was in the catbird seat, you know, Paramount knew that Fox. Fox. So there was this wonderful position to be in. Oh yeah. And it happened on a Friday afternoon and they have to they had to make the offer and they, they, they did. And I felt really bad about saying no to Sam after his being so kind to me. As it turned out, Osterman Weekend was not one of his finest films. I don't know if I ever saw the Osterman Weekend. I remember when it came out, but I, I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. Who was the lead in that? Um, Rutger Hauer. Oh, oh gosh. Wonderful. Yeah. And so we started pre-production on, on Flashdance. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing that logo of Flashdance across the cover page. Flashdance. I thought, what a bizarre title. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute because you're turning down Sam Peckinpah, mm -hmm. uh, one of your heroes. I didn't turn Sam. Well, you're, you're, you're turning down that role in the Osterman Weekend. 
to for this thing that is unknown, you know, what is it about Flashdance that tell it t tell me what what turned you on yeah, about Flashdance? It, it, it just it had a it, the, the story appealed to me. It mm -hmm. had it had heart. I think the line. Um, the line that really grabbed me was, you give up your dream, you die. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I just, I really, I love that. Yeah. Was she cast yet? Was Jennifer oh, she was cast. She was cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, did you have a, a chemistry reading with her? No. No. They tried to find her to make that happen. Right. Thank God they didn't because it might not have, it might not no, have. No, you guys had unbelievable yeah. chemistry. Well, as it turned out, yeah. Yeah. As it turned out. Um, and so that's, that's how that came about. Mm -hmm. Then, um, How long was the shoot for that? I think it was about four, four weeks, five weeks, mm -hmm. maybe six weeks. We we shot a week in Pittsburgh, and the rest of it was here in Los Angeles. And did you know as you were filming it? No, no idea. If it was going to do what it did, no, no, no not a clue. No, no, did did you had you heard the music? No, there was, there was no, no music. No, yet. there's no music. No, there's no music. No, no. no. And, and and speaking of which, we had Phil Ramone, Giorgio Moroder. You know, doing the music for this, we had the best. Oh, time. I heard Phil Ramone change lyrics um, because originally this song was not about dancing. I, I can't remember. I, I read something about it that the, the song was originally different in Phil Ramone. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I don't know. So I went to a screening of it uh, mm -hmm. in New York at the Gulf and Western Building with a friend of mine, and we we sat in a small screening room, and I, I was. I was nervous, and my friend said, "Michael, are you kidding?" He said, "This movie is gonna be—it's gonna be big." Then I went to a screening of it in Westwood at a theater, mm -hmm. and I sat I sat in the balcony. And it was the only time that I'd ever seen the movie receive a standing ovation at the, wow. the credits at the end. It was remarkable. I mean, oh, people wow. were just—they laughed in all the right places. Mm. They. And they were en masse, they stood up at the end of it and were cheering the movie. Aww. And then there was a line that went from the theater over to Tower Records. Oh my Oh, to buy the soundtrack? To, no soundtrack. Oh. Album. Wow. Oh. The album. Right? Wow. And it was just it was huge. Huge. I mean and, and it stayed huge for a long time. In spite time. of the reviews, the reviews were not kind. Really? No. no. I don't remember. No. Didn't, didn't Not kind to to the movie itself. To the, to movie. the okay. Yeah. How, to her? To you? No, just to the movie. And they made a big deal about uh, the fact that Jennifer didn't do the the dancing. The dancing. What difference does she did her own welding? She did. I, I, I <laughs> she did do her own welding. I actually yeah. read uh, something last night that the woman who did do the dancing that she didn't get a credit in the movie and that that was really a sore point that she was not. Well, credited. she does well. I, Maybe they wanted everybody to think that Jennifer did mm. do the dancing. Mm -hmm. But the, the controversy kind of generated more interest. She had to do some of the dancing because mm. there was there were plenty of shots that were, mm. yeah. Well, the very the last scene where she does the mm. audition, that mm -hmm. great scene where you've got, she runs and jumps, tumbles, does mm -hmm. a somersault, and then does the the break dance mm -hmm. spin. That's three different people. Whoa! Is that so? Yeah. The tumbler, I mm -hmm. think, was was a fella, huh. and the, the, I was also did the spin. That was a guy, and then for the close-ups of the dancing of you know, except for the face, that was I think Maureen. 
By the way, you both, you and Jennifer, had the most incredible hair in that movie. The, 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 I wanted that hair. I, I got a perm after that movie to, to try and capture. They, you both had it. Um, yeah, pretty gorgeous couple, and you guys were. Um, okay, so, so Flashdance comes out. Despite the critics, it's massive. It's huge. It became like, somewhat iconic. Totally iconic. Um, clothing came out of it, and, and all great break dancing, f uh, fashion. It, it impacted. Did that start break dancing? Was yeah. that the beginning of the? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so, how does this now impact your career moving forward? Flash dance. Yeah. I don't know that it has any impact at all okay. uh, on my career now. Uh, no, 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 not now. But I mean, what happens after oh, at that flash time? dance? Yeah. At that time. Uh, uh huh. Um, I was cast by William Friedkin mm -hmm. to be in a movie with him, uh, with Barbara Hershey, mm. uh, and at that time, 20th Century Fox went into, I think, the turnaround of, of who was the, uh, at, at the helm, uh, and so it changed management, mm -hmm. and that project got lost in the shuffle, it was shelved, it never happened. So I got paid anyway, but um, given a choice between being paid and, and being mm -hmm. visible, being visible is more important. Mm -hmm. Being paid and being visible is the best. Is the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what happens after that? Um. You know what's interesting about your career, Michael? I'm sorry for interrupting you, but you have straddled television and movies way before it was cool to do so. Mm. It's like now movie stars are clamoring to do television sure. because TV is so cool now. Netflix, Amazon, every, all that's, that's all going on. Because all the writers are writing for cable now. And directors are, I mean, everybody is kind of moving, but also, um, but you were doing it like before really people were really doing I'm, that. I'm, I'm a true visionary. <laughs> <laughs> it's the view from up there, I think. So okay, so 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 now you're so you've been doing movies. You're doing Broadway. How do you and you had a little Somerset thing. How, how do you make the leap and you're doing series? You're do you you start to do television series. Um, I just said yes to whatever came along. Is that what it was? That was yeah, yeah, and and. Doing musical theater, I love musical theater, and I went back to New York and I, I uh, did Can Can with Patti Lapone at City wow. Center. Oh my God! Which was a real treat, working with Wow Miss Lapone. Wow. Who was the? She stole well, the Grammys the other night. But she did. Yeah. What What was that? Was that an intimidating experience uh, when you first started working with her? No, not at all. She is so so. Um, Embracing and oh, lovely. passionate, and I mean, passionate. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Liza Minnelli, who comes mm. to mind because we did Victor Victoria together. Uh, I completely forgot about that. Oh, well, oh my God! Yeah. Well, Victor Victoria was amazing. That's a fun story. Uh, how that how that came about? Good, we want to hear it. I was doing South Pacific uh, with Sandy Duncan at the Long Beach Civic Light Opera. When she was an absolute delight, and I loved, 
I, I love playing Emile de Beck. I love... I was the only Forbush in high school. Does that count? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but go ahead. <laughs> yes. So, um, I, I, I grew up listening to... My parents would go to New York and mm -hmm. they would see Broadway shows and they would bring the record home. So I grew up listening to Broadway, Broadway musicals. And South Pacific was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And my father used to sing Some Enchanted Evening. Mm -hmm. And so there I was singing my dad's favorite song. Aww. So, aye, uh, aye, aye. so I, I, I was doing I was doing uh, doing that in in Long Beach, mm -hmm. and I was on, on my way to do a, a, a matinee, and I stopped off in Westwood at a restaurant to pick up some lunch to take with me, and uh, I was approached by a gentleman uh, named Tony Adams. Asked me, he said, uh, he introduced himself. And he said, uh, Do you sing? And I said, Yeah, I do. Uh, and he said, Have you ever met Blake Edwards? And I said, No, I haven't. But I'm Hi, Jennifer, if you're watching Blake's daughter, Jennifer. Hi, Jen. My young, yeah, okay. Sure. Love Jennifer. Love her dad. Love Jules. So I would you, would you like to meet him? And I said, Of course went over to his table and Blake said um, um, do you sing and I said does your dad bite <laughs> <laughs> so we hit it off right away he said we're, we're thinking of taking Victor Victoria have you seen it uh, seen it and I said yeah I've seen it loved it and uh, he said would you consider auditioning for us and I said in a heartbeat so I, now I'm flying. I'm just like, oh my god! The life doesn't get better than this. And then I had this idea. I thought, wait a minute. Have you ever studied singing, by the way? Yes. Oh, when did you start doing that? Young or later? No, not young. Uh huh. In my thirties. Oh, okay. In preparation for uh, Broadway. For Broadway, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll take a You have to lessons. learn how to, you have to know how to take care of your voice when you're mm -hmm. doing eight shows a week. Oof. Charlie and I vocalized together. Oh, nice. Testifying. Oof. Mm -hmm. So, I had this thought, I thought, wait a minute, auditioning in a rehearsal room with an upright piano with material that I don't know, that's really putting myself at a disadvantage. Why don't you offer to get a limo to bring Blake and company down to Long Beach to see you perform. Oh, wow. Mm. What were you doing? South Pacific. Oh, Sam oh, Dundon. oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. It was a brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah. And they provided their own transportation, but they came. Wow. And I thought that they would just do the first act, mm -hmm. but they stayed through the whole thing. Nice. And of course, the whole company was a buzz. They were, everybody mm -hmm. was so excited. Julie Andrews is in the Kidding? Oh my and, God. Um, so they came backstage and, of course, met Sandy and company and so on. And Blake came up to me and he said, Let's go to Broadway. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I couldn't sleep. I mean, you've I had so, so many of these moments, of these, so you've had so many once-in-a-lifetime moments. That you know what's wonderful about doing this with you? What? Is that I'm being reminded of that. 
That's yeah. very special because we tend to take that for granted. You've had a lot of them. When it's part of the the, of the whole fabric. The, the tapers, the tapestry mm. you live in yourself. That's what people have said. You should write a book. You should do a memoir. And I said, why? You know, when you, you've lived your life, it doesn't seem unique or special, but and you need an objective eye to breaking it down. It's because um, it all comes down to gratitude, and especially hello. especially as as we get older. Mm -hmm. I think this. Notice how he said we. Well, isn't it? No, yes. yes. Himself and Sandy Duncan. Yeah, himself and Harry. He didn't mean me. That's right. <laughs> it's all of us. It's It's very much. Oh my God! Look at look at what's going on here. These are all people talking. We're not paying attention to them, but there's a lot of people on here saying things to you. So say hi, and then hey, we'll look at it later. Yeah. Michael will go in later. I'll make him go in and, and answer. He'll do it. So anyway, anyway just yeah. to finish the the thought about. Um, as I get older, and mm -hmm. as uh, you know, as I talk to people, my colleagues, um, uh, gratitude is the thing that gets us through, and uh, it is the antidote to um, bitterness. It's mm -hmm. the antidote to doubt. Um, it is uh, what uh, keeps me positive. Mm -hmm. I am not immune to bitterness or doubt. I, mm -hmm. I have my moments and insecurity, feeling insecure. Mm -hmm. But uh, as I'm being reminded now of these wonderful, special moments that I've had mm -hmm. to to, to celebrate that, right? So, what was that experience? What was that? What was that experience like? How was that working? Well, then, yeah, then then we. Uh, I finished that gig with Sandy in South Pacific, mm -hmm. and then we started pre-production and rehearsals, which were massively complicated. Um, there has never been a Hollywood producer who has gone to Broadway. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Wow. No, and and, and I, I think that Blake was kind of perceived as being elitist because he was very, uh, um, he's very specific, and mm -hmm. he, he is completely dedicated to his vision, and, uh, and he's going to do it his way. Mm -hmm. And he, he could afford to do it his way. Mm -hmm. And so we, they spared no expense with sets, with costumes, with casting. We had the most, we had Tony Roberts and uh, Rachel York and Greg Jabara and uh, an amazing cast. Mm -hmm. and, and we rehearsed. God, we rehearsed. How old the, were you? We you guys are still be pretty I was, young. I was in my forties because mm -hmm. we celebrated my fiftieth birthday on stage oh. on Broadway. Julie, it was a matinee, and and Julie had the curtain. Mm -hmm. Curtain came down and then it went up, and Julie pushed this cake half the size of this table out onto the stage and led the orchestra and the audience in singing "Happy Birthday" to me. When Julie Andrews sings your happy birthday, that's it doesn't oh, get that was my fiftieth. So I mean, yeah, you got stories. Come on. You got stories. Come on. You've lived a life. If I ever say poor me, smack me. Yeah, boy, <laughs> I'll say. You know? I mean, I, I just can't even believe. I mean, you know, you look at it on on paper and it. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's but to hear it unravel, unfold. Is exceptional. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Um, okay, so you have this experience. Yeah. So then we do Victor Victoria, 
And of course, the world came to see Julie Andrews. Hell yeah! And uh, what was that? So what was that like? Every night, it must have been. You know, I couldn't help thinking, I'm kissing the lips that have kissed Richard Burton, Rex <laughs> Harrison, and oh, my Blake Edwards. And, oh my God! And she, Julie, was a dream. Hmm. She was and is a dream. Uh, somebody asked Christopher Plummer what it was like working with Julie Andrews, mm -hmm. and he said it's like being hit on the head with a valentine. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I would second that. Um, so we had a good long run. Mm -hmm. And Julie took vocal rest, and during that time, Liza Minnelli came in, so I got to do it with Liza. So a little, a little understudy Liza Minnelli action yeah. we had. Oh my God! What was that like working with Liza? Fabulous. <gasps> Fabulous. At the top of her game I back then, right? A lot working with her. Like, can you tell us something? Yeah. Uh, to put it very simply, um, there occasionally. I get to work with somebody. Um, I looked at her, I watched her as she was singing, mm -hmm. and I thought, she's doing this because she has to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not that she just wants to do it. Liza Minnelli must perform. Her life depends on it. Mm -hmm. It's like with Al Pacino, it's the same way. Mm -hmm. These people must do it. I mean, these are true artists, mm -hmm. and it can be haunting. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's their personality. Right, there's a dark side to that, yeah. Mm -hmm. There can be a massive insecurity, but mm -hmm. that massive insecurity fuels the creativity. So, did you get that because you, because you would watch her come a lot? Like, how did you get that information about her? How did you figure that Just out? Was, one, by one, watching one. her come alive in front of an audience? Is that... Yeah. I saw the same thing doing way back in the day of doing 40 Carats. Uh, mm -hmm. Zsa, Zsa Gabor came in, mm -hmm. and so I got to watch her. Mm -hmm. And when she, when the lights would hit her, she was like a flower that just went boom. Wow. It was like a chemical reaction wow. to being on stage in front of people. And I feel that too. I have that experience. There is a uh, kind of a, an alchemical thing that happens mm -hmm. when you are in the presence, when you are the object of so much attention mm -hmm. and you feel graced, blessed, kind of responsible, mm -hmm. uh, afraid, nervous, scared shitless. So what's it like? So walking onto a Broadway stage, you're going to do a musical, you're doing it with Julianne, you're doing it with Julie Andrews. What is that moment before you, can you remember what it felt like that first night before you walked on stage? Like as you shared with us the moment, uh, on, it, it, what was that like? Well, we had three months out of town. That's good. We did a tour, yeah. which is a mm -hmm. luxury. Mm -hmm. Three months. Yeah, that's amazing. It used amazing. to be like maybe a month, three mm -hmm. weeks out of town. We had three months because they really wanted to button this thing down. And, and it was very complicated physically, that yes. show. Yeah. 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 A lot of sets. Mm -hmm. Music. And, and, and we also had the most amazing <sighs> lyrics and music. We had um, Leslie Brickus and Henry Mancini. That's crazy. I'm at home. This is after I'd been hired and before any rehearsals and 
I got a phone call. Mm -hmm. Michael, this is Hank Mancini. <laughs> Hank! It's Hank! <laughs> Hi, Mr. Mancini. Oh, call me Hank. Um, he said, I'm, I'm going to write, I'm writing a song for you with Leslie Briggis. As okay. Stop. Henry Mancini is right. Just stop it already. <laughs> Henry Mancini is writing a song for you. With Leslie Briggis. Ay, 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 I can't take it. All right. the kind of stuff that I just take for granted. Yes, this is, <laughs> boy. This is worth the four-hour drive to get it. See, I told you. This is unbelievable. This is a crazy story. You do have to write your memoir. Okay. Yes. So he said, uh, we're writing this song for you. It's called King's Dilemma. And I need to know, um, what is your voice? Are you tenor? Are you uh, baritone? Are you mm -hmm. lyric tenor? I said, I don't know. I just sing. And he said, well, what's your range? Do you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. Mm -hmm. Do you read music? No, sir, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't read music. He said, how the, did you get this? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. How the, did you get this part? And I said, well, uh, you know, they came to see me do South Pacific and kindly offered it to me. He said, well, I'm going to write something for you that is going to be a showstopper. And he said, ah, you're going to be on stage by yourself doing this number for about three to four minutes. Oy, oy, oy. And there's a lot of re re recitative, some kind of spoken word, mm -hmm. and then music. And, and sure enough, um, um, to, to go back to your question about the nerves and so on, the mm -hmm. thing about being on the road for three weeks, mm -hmm. you work it out. Dissipated, you work mm -hmm. it out. But so now you have this song. Yeah. And the first time you're going to sing this song, and you don't know you're going to have the showstopper. To, I mean, Henry Mancini says so, Hank said so, but you don't know till it happens, right? Yeah. Um, do you have faith before it starts that it's going to happen, or no? no you mean know. that it's going to be a showstopper? Yeah. And and yeah. do you and does that happen the first time you sing it? I hit it out of the park. What's <laughs> the song? It's called King's Dilemma. King's Dilemma. It's not in the movie. But there is a filmed version of the Broadway show, and if people want to see it, and it's really, it's really wonderful. Okay. So uh, that was, man, well, it's wow, intergalactic, wow. wow, and the world was there on opening night. Oh, like who? You name them. It's easier to name who wasn't there. Is that true? Yeah. Like the Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, like those kind of people. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. It was really wow. it was a dream come true. Now, my my family, mm -hmm. uh, my dad, who wanted me to take over his life insurance business, had a new career standing outside the theater hawking tickets to see his <laughs> son. Aww, Aww that's so, so sweet. Yeah. So okay, so you've had this, you've had all this incredible good fortune and success. Yes, and, good fortune. And, is, um, good fortune is the word. Well, I, I think that success is a combination of good fortune, talent, opportunity, and all being, of those being things. Ready. And being ready. Absolutely. Being ready without training, which is okay, so let's get to the to the to the juice of it. What do you think, aside from having guts, balls, and making yourself ready, what do you think is the secret of your success? Why do you think 
these things, because you had a lot of things, a lot of really special moments happening to you. Yeah. Wait, I, I, before we like go over the overall, I have to, you were in 61. You were Joe DiMaggio. I mean, 61 yes. is like one of my favorite. How did that happen? I love Billy Crystal. I did a little Saturday Night Live thing. How did, how did, how did 61 happen? I'm on a plane on the tarmac heading for Boston for Fourth of July weekend mm -hmm. in 19, whatever the year was that that I don't even was. remember, yeah. No, it was 2001. Mm -hmm. 2000, 2001. And the flight attendant came to me and said, um, we got a call in the cockpit for you to call your agent. Right oh my now. God, who, who does this? This is ridiculous. It was a first for me. So. I call my agent. Can you get off the plane? I said, I can't work taxi. We're about to taxi. We're about to, you know, get on the moon. He said, Why? What's going on? Billy Crystal wants to meet you to play the role of <clears throat> Joe DiMaggio. He said, what? Stop the, stop said, the plane. Can I get off the plane? Sorry, sir, you can't. I said, Is there any way that he can wait for me? I'll be back. It's a long weekend. I'll be uh -huh. back. Will he wait or is he going to move on? Uh-huh. Go to Boston. We'll, we'll let you know. He wants to meet you on, on Tuesday after the holiday weekend. So I fly back and I, I go to see him at the Roosevelt Hotel where shooting is in progress. Mm -hmm. And uh, he looks at me, goes like this. Uh, <laughs> he'll do. <laughs> no words? No nothing? He'll do. That was it. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and that was it. That was a treat. That was a magical yeah. film. That was magical. And to my to my knowledge, I was the I'm the only actor who has had the opportunity and privilege to play Joe DiMaggio. Is that true? Yeah, he's never been portrayed. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Um. Wow. Really? Even in Marilyn stories and stuff? Well, in Smash, there's a play within a play. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Smash. I don't think that exactly uh, doesn't but, count. <laughs> wow, that's really crazy. Okay, so so let's get back to so wow, look look at all these people talking to you. So if you um what what do you think that, that the people are like sending you love? They're they're loving you they're loving on With you. All the hearts that we're lighting up. That's when people like start hitting this love button so oh. that it, it does that. Oh. See, see, like a lot of people are doing it all of a sudden. Because you said, what do, what do those love buttons mean? And everybody started doing it to show you. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. Oh, oh so they're sending you love. Love it. Look how sweet that it's is. It's like getting hit by a valentine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, it's Julie Andrews is flying across the screen. Oh, this is fun. Look at all those, oh. look at all the love they're sending you. Wow. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Um, we're not in a vacuum. We're not in a vacuum. And, and isn't it a We're sitting in my living room, which, by the way, when you come back and do Women Who Write, this living room will be filled with women alive. And then we also do this, and so we go out to the world. But so Gregory Harrison was getting all that on top of him, and you'll be getting that um, when you come back. So, um, okay, so words of wisdom. We need, some, we need some, some business wisdom. We need some creative wisdom. What, or life life wisdom what do you what what do you think sets okay I think one thing you said is gratitude I think a lot of the reason that the universe allows for things to happen is when we're grateful for what we've got 
The more grateful we are, the more we get. As soon as we start to get into lack, I don't have, we complain, everything stops. Mm. So obviously you stayed in a grateful place mm. because things have continued to come to you. Mm. So what else? What, what, what else? Well, I think related to that mm -hmm. is meditation, mm. which is something that I've done for 45 years. Okay, I need your help. I, I, I do it with Deepak every day. I struggle with meditation. I've been trying for 10 years. I struggle. What, what kind of meditation do you You're do? You're not struggling with meditation. You're struggling with your mind. Yes, that is correct. Right. Do you do transcendental? What's your... No, I did transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, going way back, uh, I was with um, 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 Swami Satchidananda. And then with Ramdas, wow, they were my first introduction to uh, spiritual thinking, and mm -hmm. I was reading autobiography of a yogi and Krishnamurti, um, and why it's important to yes, know why, why is very important. <clears throat> this is not part of everybody's curriculum or mm -hmm. their thinking or their journey necessarily. If if you present it in 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 an academic way. It's not academic. Mm -hmm. It is. It's all about the thirst. It's about the th thirst. It's a. It's a very palpable, experiential thirst that every that I believe every human being has, within them, to know why they are here mm -hmm. in this world, mm -hmm. and to know the truth and to experience peace. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who does not want to experience peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Because with it, you have everything, and mm -hmm. without it, you have nothing. Yeah. So at the ripe old age of, it was around the time of, back in the... Was it like the Beatles doing it? Was it like... No, this is no. before. It was before. before. Wow. It's before the Beatles. The Beatles were like in the 60s. This, yeah. this was, um, it, it was around the time of 40 Carats, and there I was on Broadway making money, um, had had my heart broken enough times to be asking the question, why am I here? What is it all about? Is that all there is, my friend? You know, these are the kinds of questions that you know. There's, there's the same. There's not a lot of twenty-something-year-old men having that conversation with themselves. I, I don't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There may be. Mm -hmm. There may be. Did you have any religious? But let me just finish. Let me finish, okay. my, finish my thought. Okay. Yes, please. And that is maybe one of the reasons that it, it might seem like there are not a lot of people asking that question is because they are afraid that there will not be an answer. Mm. And that was the case with me. Mm. I did not want to ask the ultimate existential question, mm -hmm. why am I here, for fear that what if there wasn't an answer? And then, eh, what? And then uh, you just take, you take the crumbs that come along, and, or is there a feast? Is there a feast for the heart? Mm -hmm. and of the heart. Mm -hmm. Is there a life to be celebrated? Is there something of a quality of, 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 of bliss, of peace of mind, of enjoyment, of joy? And my experience is, yes, indeed, there is. Um, so 45 years ago, after these teachers that I mentioned, um, I was introduced to a teacher whose name at that, his name is Prem. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I went with my brother and my mom to see him at Hunter College. Mm -hmm. And um, he was 13 years old. 
What? Exactly. I think Pima Chodron talks about Prem, but I could be getting that wrong. Okay. Uh huh. So I listened to him. I listened to this 13-year-old uh, teacher from India talk for about 40, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's, of all the things that he said, the one thing that I remembered, he said, if what you're looking for is peace of mind, I promise you I can show you how to have peace of mind. And I well, that's it. Where do I sign up? What do I do? And so on. I asked my brother, who was already involved uh -huh. in, in that meditation. Mm -hmm. My brother told me what to do. And is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're on. And uh, you tell me if I'm talking too much, and I'll just keep. No, going. no, no. We're, um, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're we're this is important. This is this this is the, we're getting to the juicy. Uh, well, this is what has sustained. Me. Yes, this is this is what we want to know. Good. Yeah. My brother went to India mm -hmm. to be with this teacher. Mm -hmm. My mom accompanied him wow. to expose this teacher who she believed was a fraud, a charlatan. Oh, wow. She was a writer for Channel 13 for PBS, and she was going to do an expose. This is a movie. This is a movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> so they get there. They're there for three weeks. Uh, my mom, long story short, my, my mom confronts Prem and says she's going to she thinks that she's taking advantage of all these young people and her son and so on. Long story short, she comes back from India three weeks later. Her entire visage, her vibe is changed. She's been meditating. She is experiencing peace. I said, Mom, what? And she said, I can't. I can't articulate what it is, but all I can tell you is that I'm experiencing something very, very beautiful. Wow. Um, what do I do? And she said, just ask questions and follow that thirst. Follow that thirst. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. You don't have to get into your head and think about what to do. Follow your heart. It's inside of you. Your heart will tell you what to do. Really? I mean, for real? For real. Follow your heart. I mean, it's something that's so easy to do, like with Charlie, with my dog, mm -hmm. with our children. We don't even give following our heart a second thought. It is the most natural thing in life is to follow our heart, mm -hmm. to watch a sunset, to mm -hmm. watch the supermoon. We follow our heart. It brings us joy. It makes us feel good. It makes us breathe a full breath. And that's where the whole mystery is right there in every single breath. You know, the first thing that we do when we are Born, we come into this world says, and the last thing we do is and in between that and that that wall and that wall it is an endless succession of I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of inhalations and exhalations but that is where the whole secret lies is right wow. there in every breath and there's no slot that you have to put a coin in for the next breath. It just comes spontaneously, mm. automatically. You lie mm. down in mm. bed. What is it that happens by the time, in the time that you put your head on the pillow and the time that you, you get up in the morning? What is it? What happens? What happens? You know, uh, something regenerates us. Mm -hmm. What? What is it? What is it? I don't get, you don't have to be spiritual. It's just scientific. What is this? What's the science behind that? Something is keeping us alive. Mm -hmm. I 
my experience is that the knowledge of the thing that keeps me alive mm -hmm. gives me peace. Conscious awareness of the thing that keeps me alive is the source of my peaceful experience. And that's what Prem is about. That's what he showed me, mm -hmm. is how to experience that, that thing within me, how to. Through, through the breath? Yeah. Through the breath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what, what is your daily practice? Um, Get up in the morning and I, uh, I practice. Every day? Every day. Um, for an hour. Uh-huh. An hour? Yeah, That's a very long meditation. It goes like that. It goes like that. And okay, so, do, you have, do you have an area? Mm-hmm. You have an area. I do, but it's not, it's not a shrine. It's, okay. I have a comfortable chair. Mm -hmm. Oh, you sit in a chair? I sit in a chair. Okay. And I do these techniques that I was shown. And I have to say that it never cost a nickel. It was not, mm -hmm. There was no charge for this experience. Because, as Prem, Prem says, it's, mm -hmm. it's within you. You shouldn't be charged for something that you already have. Wow. You just want to know how to access it. Mm -hmm. And so there is technique. Yeah. Because I have no technique and I am not successful at it, mm -hmm. no matter how. Although, I say that, but it's not really true. Because I do listen to Deepak and I do do these sort of guided meditations every morning before right. I get out of bed. And on the days that I don't do it, Mm -hmm. I can feel it. And yes. on the days that I do it, I can feel it. So there's something happening. Usually I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat when it's over. Sure. But, Me too. And I can't stop the quiet. I can't quiet my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think I get to a place where my mind is really still. Yeah. It takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. And I'm right there with you. I have the same experience. Uh, I'll be sitting there doing the techniques. And the thought comes... Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And yet, if I don't give myself that time, mm -hmm. the quality in the, my day of the difference between not doing it, not making the effort, mm -hmm. that's what it's, that's mm -hmm. what it's about. Mm -hmm. The difference in my day between making the effort and not making the effort is yeah. vast. It's yeah. vast. So now even if you have to be on set and you have to be on set at 6 in the morning, you're going to get up early enough to do this first? Truthfully, no. Okay. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for being human because no. I was getting exhausted no. listening to you. Okay. No, 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 no. no. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. This is not boot camp. Okay. This is about the heart. It's mm -hmm. about having a joyful experience. So in keeping with that, when you have to make a, a decision about anything, are you heart driven? Yes. Uh, over here? Over head driven? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I'm very mental. I'm very cerebral. Mm -hmm. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's an interesting combination. Okay. But I guess I, I understand that. I, I can relate to that. But I just... What feels better? Mm -hmm. What feels better? Listening well, to... Well, for me, it's about instinct. It's about hearing that voice yeah. and trusting that instinct. Yeah. And always, that's got... For me, that's my higher power in there. So whatever I'm being driven to, that's a wiser voice than mine. And I listen to it. That's great. And if I don't listen to it, kabong every time. Right? If I, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't lie. That voice doesn't lie. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so we've got this. So everybody, you just have to meditate for an hour a day. Who has that kind of time? Get off the Facebook. Not now. Then. Okay, so, so meditate. Lead from your heart. Um... What, what, what was that brilliant quote we had earlier that I've already forgotten? Well, I don't know if it works throughout your whole life, but at the beginning of your life, when you're starting out, ignorant and 
What, did you what say was the, What was the ignorance quote? Being, I've already not knowing enough to know you can't do this. You had a term for it. I don't remember. It was it would whatever that line was about. Um, you don't know. Your it had the word in, ignorance in it. Or yeah, ignorance. it had the word ignorance in it. And I don't remember. We'll have to go back and watch the videotape. The videotape as if there's videotape. Um, ignorance of obstacles that, is something. Yes. Yes. Just um, do it as if you know you you can. Is bliss. That wasn't what it was, but it's something like that. Um, Michael, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it was um, such a joy to hear. I feel motivated, inspired. Um, anything seems possible. This this is a very hopeful story to me. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Given what we, I think we are all experiencing. I know we are all experiencing a lot of stress. A lot. There's a lot. Mm -hmm. stress in the world a lot of it is conscious a lot of it is unconscious and subliminal mm -hmm. uh, there's an enormous amount of stress going mm -hmm. on uh, in the world today uh, and I will tell you that in spite of everything that's going on when I give myself the gift of making the effort nothing changes out here in the world mm -hmm. it's going to unfold the way it my goal, if I can be a light, if I can be a light, that's mm -hmm. all. Just mm -hmm. by example, mm -hmm. and not by preaching to anybody, but by being, mm -hmm. coming from that place that you mm -hmm. so beautifully talked about, leading with our heart. It is the ultimate vibration, mm -hmm. that, and it's the ultimate attractive vibration. Mm -hmm we will find that we attract our own mm. and we eschew that which is unlike, you know, what is it? There's a wonderful saying that love attracts, love attracts everything that is like itself. And so you, can you tell me why I had that succession of really horrible minutes? No, <laughs> those days are over, but I no. can't think of the saying, but anyway, no. it's, uh, Love casts out everything unlike itself. Ooh. Oh, I love that. Like that? Love casts out everything unlike itself. That's beautiful. So when we come from, when I come from that place, I don't have to think about getting rid of that, getting rid of that. No, it just. But it's progress, not perfection. And I'm assuming that even you misstep and never, are not always prepared. Never, never misstep. It's size 16 feet if I misstep. It's an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> On that, we will say goodnight. Thank you so much, Michael. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. Oh, and um, Michael doesn't thank know you, it. Thank you for reminding me how fortunate and blessed I am. Oh, my pleasure That's to do gift. that. That's really a gift. Thank that you. It's my pleasure to thank do you. that. And, um, and uh, we're going to see you next week. Uh, Louise and I are going to be taking a trip to Henry Jacklin's home. Um, and, uh, and Michael will be in the living room in a few weeks. I'm going to remind him of that. See you next week. Thanks.